With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best financing options for equipment, trucks, and other big-ticket items. Just fill out an application, and Currency Finance does the rest. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit CoCurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA Currency pursuant to CFL License 60, DBO-54873. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Quick on the trigger, baby. Yep. Never let up. Week after week. I know I can depend on you. That's right. <laughs> Love you. Look at this round table. Isn't this nice? Yeah, this is different. This is different. I, I don't know how to feel all. about this yet. It I feels a little more homey. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It feels more basement-like. <laughs> Michael just never let that go. <laughs> no. No. He just can't. He can't walk away from it because he can't walk at all right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Touché. that's a good point, Mike. Do you want to talk about that? Come on, Gimpy. Well, e- explain why you can't. This is like the second episode I've actually had to say this. In the, I think it might be in the same season. No, that was the end of season two. But no, I, I actually like fractured my ankle last night playing indoor volleyball. So <laughs> just crack. I've yeah. heard lamer reasons, but not many. Yeah. No, I I have like like bone particles. Um, particles that are in my ankle currently. <laughs> but, I think they call them fra- fragments. Yeah, the yeah. fragments. Yeah, bone fragments in my ankle and. Uh, I have a lot of bone in my ankle, too. The trick is mine's together. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, They're mine... just not all spread in his body. <laughs> Pieces of mine are not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. All right? I am a victim here. But, hey, give him credit. He he got up and he got his own damn beer. Yeah. He did. Speaking I of. I got my own fucking beer. Yeah. And I parked in the handicap spot. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to jail. Yeah, the towing and company's on its way, bro. you're going to hell. Yeah. Um, see you there. So Who gets yeah, there first? I'll Jared, race you there. I, I have a feeling that this is where you're going. Speaking of getting your own beer, Mike, what are you drinking? Mm. You know, since I had a hobble over there, I got myself my personal favorite beer on tap, the Eos, the Hefeweizen beer here. A big one. And made sure to get a big one because I don't want to get back up. It well, takes a long time. <laughs> we, uh, we're all drinking big ones today. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we don't do this every time. I, I've said that every single time that we don't have big ones. I'm like, why do we not have a big one? I normally just don't listen to you. No, no I've never, I've never, never in my life have I asked if I didn't why I didn't have a big one. So, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, people are probably wondering whose voice is that. Well, go you. You're saying it. Just say it, baby. Okay, say it, baby. The producer of KLIN. Sports director, and sports director, program right? director, program director, right? A lot of directing. Every, like you producer. have a producer. Like, <laughs> producer. Sorry. Did I get demoted when I got up here? <laughs> Maybe what, I don't hey, know. That's the power. <laughs> of yeah. Sorry, I didn't have your Twitter profile in front of me, but we do have Caleb Henry with us. Hey, what's up? 
How you doing? So good to have Drove you. all the way from Lincoln? To, I did. To have some beers with the boys? I-80's doing all right. That's good. 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 Hit a, hit a nice uh, cruise speed at like 84. Oh, yeah. all right. That's good. You can't, that's not, they can't use this in court, right? No. Right. no. This entire show? Good. I don't know. No, this is a parody. Any, anything <laughs> we say. Yeah. It's all not. parody. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, go Big Red Indeed. No block, no rock. I have to go back to the fucking intro. Yeah, go back to the all intro. Right. It's okay. We, we jumped in with the beer segment. Didn't and we? and it's all right. beating up on me because okay. I'm fucking crippled. Fuck yeah, you guys. It's actually pretty funny, though. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Um, season three, episode 24. In the Nebraska Brewing Company Taproom, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. Now, Mike, you're drinking the EOS Half of Eisen, a big one. I myself am drinking a Shake and Bake. It is a milkshake IPA. Yes, sir. I don't know exactly what that means, but it's fucking tasty. It's the training bra IPA. Yeah. Well, it's for people who don't drink IPAs, like like me and Kyle. But we drink yeah. that, and that's actually pretty good. It doesn't taste like a pine cone. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Hey, some Jesus. people like pine cones. Your yeah. beer looks dehydrated. No, it's very <laughs> it good. Does, doesn't it? <laughs> you need to drink more water, Mike. <laughs> well, okay, Connor. Anyway, yeah, Con- <laughs> okay, you have to you have to go. You have to promote I, your beer. Go. I know. We do this. I, I don't know. What's it been like? Fifty weeks in a row. Well, no, you weren't here last week, so fuck. Okay, you. yeah, we'll, we'll skip a week. You were there. dead last week. How right. was your date? It was well, actually. Well, that's we, good. What's funny is uh, they were recording like a hundred yards away from where I was sitting with my date. Wait, you brought your date here? He's like, Joe okay, Dirt. I, I had to be here for work. I had to, and um, I was like, well, if I can't hang out with you and I can't be on the podcast, I was like, you can come hang out with me at work. And so we played trivia together. That trivia. worked. It did. Uh, dude, honestly, I have no idea why she still tolerates me, but she somehow does. Yeah. Visit your local jewelry store now if that's yeah. working for you. Yeah, I, I don't get it, but yeah, she she came here. and uh, You guys don't have any jewelry store sponsors, right? No. Jewelry stores sponsor this so Connor can get wifed up. Yeah. Right. Or wife someone up. Not yeah. that you need wifed up. I said, I said I have to work, and she said, I'll come hang out while you work. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't get it, but hey, I'm happy to be here. You better not fuck this up. Yeah. I'm, fine. I'm trying. <laughs> we'll, we'll have like a, trying. a segment every week where we check and see Connor's uh, relationship status. <laughs> <laughs> like out of 10, where are we standing right now? Out of 10? Oh, I'm going to say 10. So uh, it, if this was a Candyland board and the very end of it is you proposing, like where are we at on here? Okay, so I, I want to start this with she listens to the podcast. <laughs> Good. So answer the fucking question. <laughs> so that puts you further off the board because she respects us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, so Kyle, what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, I'm drinking the Lemon Rattler. And I just want to point out, you know, the only person in history that's ever taken his God date damn it. Are we back on this back to work is Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe Dirt. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. I had to be at work. She you, said she was down to come. Play you, should, you should probably 23 and me that just to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, Lemon Rattler. I've been drinking it a lot le- uh, re- recently. Oh, boy. Holy yeah. cow. Hey, you okay. just, just had a stroke. Rattler, hey, not just have. recently, but lately, too. Yeah. If I could talk. Yeah. So that's what I got. Okay. Well, all right. Caleb, what are you drinking? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I don't know. It's a cow something. Something cow. No, it's a cold beer. Cold beer IPA. Yeah, I've got a beverage. No, it's not an IPA. Or, I'm sorry, cold beer. It's a cream uh, ale. Cream ale. Yes. My lord. Hey, right, previously right. known as the cow tipper. He yes, is drinking previously known. the yes. cold beer cream ale. Cold beer. He said, I need something light. Yeah. I was like, well, that's like the tailgating beer. So, yeah, good. Try that out. I like it. It's nice. And yeah, it's if you canned. come tailgate with us, you'll have that for free. Okay. Again. So, oh, shit. 
for free. I'll come tailgate with you guys before I go up to the sixth floor cover a football game. There we go. Yeah, yeah that's smart. Oh, yeah. It'll make your covering a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, All will. right, boys, let's text a football game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Mike introduced you a little while ago. You work for a radio station, KLIN, and I'm just curious. You do this radio show or shows. <laughs> shows, plural, yeah. Right, and so you have to do this day after day. Mm-hmm. And we do this podcast... Once a week, and we like it because by the by the time the week is done, we hit, kind of have a list of bullet points we can cover, but you got to do this every day. Like how, <laughs> like seriously, like how hard is it to come up with material and just how much of it is like, oh, this kind of bullshit, but we have to like fill time, so let's just talk about this shit. Yeah, that's- let's, let's make this a bigger deal than it needs to be, so come on, guys. Well, there's like there there are parts of it where it's that, and what the benefit that we have on KLIN is that we're not a sports station, so we don't explicitly have to talk. All right, let's let's dive into why recruits are committing, and then three days later going somewhere else. What does NIL look like? Mm-hmm. Like we can when we spend time talking about that, but because it's it's a really community driven show and station, and and trying to be the voice of Lincoln, that means that if something's going on in the community, like. We know this winter weather storm possible thing is coming up. So, like, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, we spent an entire segment today because of the the tweets over the weekend from Congressman Mike Flood about gas stoves. So oh. we took that into – no, 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 no. We're not going to get super political. No, no, but who are you guys voting for in 24? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I write myself in every election. Okay, good. You seem like you would do that. Yeah. Um, but we took we took that conversation into like what's our favorite kitchen appliance? Like if they ah. if someone did come if if the libs came in and did rip one of your appliances out, what's the one that you'd be like, no. What was your answer? I said my air fryer. Oh, I was okay, that's where I was going thing. to. My that's, man. That's gonna be a common answer. Yeah, I said my so. air fryer. Now um, Jack Mitchell, who who ho- he's been hosting our morning show on KLIN for like 16 years, um, phenomenal talent. There, there's no way. <laughs> uh, I got hired in 2019, and then like five months later, I was sports director in a world with no sports existing. So there's no way I could have gotten through the mm, pandemic right. without being on a show with him and, and all the good work that he does. Um, but he said microwave, and I was like, I would I would offer them the microwave. Mm-hmm. I'd, be right. like, <laughs> I'd be like, you guys are here. Take this while you're here. <laughs> like whatever else you think you're gonna grab, take the microwave wave with you right the, the air fryer can do exactly what the microwave does and more and it's crispy it's not yeah. soggy i'm doing my hot pockets in the air fryer mm. i'm i'm reheating enchiladas in the air fryer i'm doing yeah. chicken parmesan in the air fryer mm. Pizza. i just did, i just did butterfly stop it that goes in the oven you mad man no no i'm talking yeah. okay i'm talking I'm reheating. Reheating. I'm reheating. Reheating. Okay. reheating yeah Re- yeah reheating is pretty good uh wings are good reheated in the oh, air yeah, fryer sure. absolutely yeah. um, i did butterfly shrimp over the weekend do you, air fryer. Yeah. do you have a big air fryer or do you have like a, a small one i live I, in an i live in an apartment because like you guys said i work in radio so that means i'm poor mm. yeah <laughs> I work at a brewery. I do the same thing. Hey, you can bring your dates to work. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You can entertain them at the bar. That's called bang for your buck. (laughs) Literal? No, sorry. An underrated appliance? (laughs) I want to point out I did not make that statement. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I know. She's gonna oh yeah. So now we're going to use our platform to apologize to our girlfriends. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Fuck you. It's all right. Mike will edit. edit you. Uh, yeah, right. No, he's not going to take that out. Uh, underrated appliance. You guys probably, well, nobody at this table, I guarantee, has one. Go on. A pizzazz. 
What the fuck is a pizza? It's the spinny it's pizza. It's a rotating pizza oven. Mike, Mike, okay. if you knew me at all, Ooh. you knew that I've gone through about four of them bitches since high school. His middle yeah. name what? is fucking pizzazz, for God's sake. <laughs> Show him some respect. That is the appliance I could probably not go without. Uh, absolutely. Pizzazz sounds like a grown man who breaks his ankle playing indoor volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> And you would be oh, sorry. He gets particles in his. Yeah. No, it's just particles. It's not broken. I just have particles of bone. There's some particles. Like it's a fusion oh accelerator or something in Switzerland. I love having Mike be the fucking butt of jokes. Yo, this is awesome. great. It's nice for it to not be me for hey, once. I hey, you and me against the youngs. Let's go. Let's go. Against oh, nines. In the house. Generational war over here. I'm editing all of this. This will no, all sound not. like, Mike, you're the best. Your ankle's completely fine. It's just TikTok disagrees. Yeah, it, it's completely Frankenbited. We hope you oh, enjoy Mike, our four-minute episode. <laughs> oh, man. I would say the most underrated kitchen appliance is if you're in a place that you can get the four-slice toaster. Mm. Okay. Like, if, okay. You, if you've got a family. So I've got a two-year-old daughter and me and my wife. So when we're going through and we're making stuff, it's like, if I can throw some bagels in there, if I can get four four pieces of bread going at the same time. Mm. If I can do, like if we're making burgers and I can toast those, I can get two of them oh, toasted at the same time. Efficiency. Time efficiency. Yeah. And that's where I'm at in my life is I'm getting old and I'm like, what can speed all of this up right <laughs> now? So, the air fryer. I, the air fryer, man. <laughs> so like I said, I also live in an, air, an apartment. An air fryer. An air fryer. I live in an air fryer. Um, I. How big's me, your basement in the air fryer? <laughs> not that large. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I stand by, I think probably one of the coolest appliances I have is my ice maker. You ever have to fill mm. up the fucking trays like three times a week? It no. It sucks. No, I'm not. A, yeah, I'm I know not you a, don't. I'm not a poor. No, yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> I don't live in an air for me. I don't live in but an air I have a broken yeah. fucking ankle. <laughs> that is nice. Like when, when you get an apartment and it comes with just like, it's automatically making ice in there. Yeah. It's but, phenomenal. So mine doesn't. So I have an ice maker. I swear to God, everywhere, like anybody that gets a new fridge, I'm like, yeah, it's, oh, it's an actual ice maker. appliance. All right. Oh, All right. Sweet. Yeah. I have the they fucking make fridges trays. that do that for you. Yeah, but I'm not buying a fucking fridge for my apartment. Those bitches buy it. Well, I, I, yeah. I just bought an, an ice maker. It makes it easy. I, dude, I did the tray thing for like three, four months. Uh, no. I have an idea. Again. I have a proposition. You tell your apartment to sponsor this podcast. Maybe they'll make enough money after we plug them so many times that they can afford you a new fridge. Yeah, and if any potential sponsors are listening, we can do that. <laughs> These guys will plug you in the largest basement in the state of Nebraska. We got this you. is the largest basement in the state of Nebraska. That's it. Yeah. yeah, if, yeah. if you and, want plugged, no block, no rock is where you can get plugged. Right. <laughs> we will plug your... Stop! <laughs> no, whoa, whoa, whoa! You went, whoa, whoa! There was whoa. a line. Whoa! I said, I said, business. Normally, I, I prefer that. God <laughs> damn it! And that's and, two. Yeah, that's that's the two. Yeah, you used only, him up in like the we first could only use minutes. Connor's drop twice. We had we had Nick Hanley on, and he's getting into betting, and <laughs> Connor's like, "You want to get sporty with it? You know, do you, do you want a backdoor cover?" And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, normally I prefer backdoor, so. Oh, no. <laughs> so that just became a, yeah, became a life. Well, I mean, we, we can talk betting. How many pillows do you guys use? Use or own? I guess both. So on my bed, I have four. I use two. Nice. Yeah. I, gotta, I think I'm the same, actually. I got to have three pillows. My wife hates it because one of those I steal from her. Because like, I got to snuggle you one. snuggle one. And it's cold. Do you go one so between it, the knees? One between the knees. My dude, man. Absolutely. Oh, my man. Absolutely. That's kind of weird. No. That's well, totally worse, shit. dude. It's so nice. 
it, it's yeah. life changing. I had a, so I'm. Have going. you not watched like infomercials in your life? Yeah. They, they try to sell you those, and I'm like, no, I've got a ten dollar pillow that'll do that <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah. Shout well, out Target. Being a cripple like I was <laughs> last night, I had a prop my foot up on a pillow and I wanted to throw the pillow through the fucking wall. So I don't like things near my feet when I'm sleeping. <laughs> or in my legs. In between my legs. legs. Wait a minute. Your knee is not necessarily near your feet. How are you sleeping? Mm. I don't know. That's why you've got a fucking broken ankle. That's why, why you've got particles in there. Yeah. My wife's like, you were tossing and turning last night. I was like, well, yeah, I got fucking fucking fragments. I have fucking particles everywhere. <laughs> Particles everywhere. Particles. <laughs> and they're not on you. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, okay, Jesus Christ. Well, what, get on, what, let's get I on mean, task. Do we on, get on task? I mean, what, what do you yeah. guys normally talk about on this podcast? <laughs> this is cool. No, <laughs> normally, it's Husker Sports. No, normally. You, no, God. No, we already did, too. You know, okay, so usually our our listeners are used to, like, us maybe having a couple beverages, maybe because of technical difficulties, and this is pretty much how it sounds after those couple oh, sure. beverages. Oh, good. Uh, so Especially large ones. Yeah, so we're, we're right on track. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah, Mike's like, get on track. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm having a blast. <laughs> I was just... This train is fucking rolling, baby. <laughs> I'm having going. a blast. I know. I don't need another beer. All right, go ahead. <laughs> well, okay. If, if 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 I'm getting Mike's vibe here, he wants to talk sports. He wants to talk Nebraska Huskers. Well, I, I mean, it'd be ideal. I suppose we should probably or, do that. <laughs> or should I say, guys who won't be Huskers apparently, because you know Walter Rouse. Nah. So what was it, guys? That made him go from Nebraska to Oklahoma. What was it? Well, we Money. did a breaking news segment on No Block No Rock. And by the time people actually listened to the episode, it mm -hmm. was irrelevant. So <laughs> yeah. that's why he left. Well, you said, I hear you. I Money. Hear you. you said money. You're gonna why, why do you say? Why did he leave? Or why did he, he de-transfer? <laughs> I couldn't think he of anything it. other than Mike? money. Okay, if you really want my opinion, yeah. I think he wanted to go to, to go to Oklahoma to begin with, mm. and he was calling their bluff. I think he had a number. It is back to money a little bit, but I think he had a, a number in his head. Right. Nebraska did that, and he called Oklahoma's bluff, and they matched it. Well, I, I, what? So you said I, it was money a little bit, and then literally just laid out how it was all money. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I, just, I think, I think yeah. part of the thing was like, hey, I no, I'm not going to Oklahoma because I got this offer. Mm -hmm. right. But in reality... But so he made Oklahoma. Well, my, my question is: You say that, that he was calling their bluff. What bluff was he calling? I think I think they were talking money, which is what you yeah. guys have said. And he but, said Nebraska right. for me, where I'm going to go, where the you, money is. Yeah. No, you guys got this all wrong. And we're going to get to. You. No, that's fine. You said money. You said money. You said money. Guys, it's not money. Is it because we suck? He talked to God. <laughs> God told him. He prayed about it, and God said, hashtag OUDNA. He's he's parting the Red River. Jesus, it's a Judas collective. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. God, listen. Uh, what was the Bible verse? I mean, uh, listen. I you guys are talking about money and nil. <laughs> what are you talking about? Was this actually trust? It, trust in the trust. I trust found in God. Is this actually something he said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he said it was his faith. He said he he, he talked to God over the course of the, uh, the those couple of days. He trust in. No, I didn't Lord. know. I didn't know Jesus Christ was on the hundred dollar bill. Praise <laughs> God. Well, all right. So I mean, Caleb. I mean, nil. I'm assuming this is. It's got to be the assumption. Like, right? like, and that's that's a fairly safe assumption. If you see someone flip over uh, over the course of a couple of days, and um, and that makes that turns a lot of people off to name, image, and likeness when when you have something like that. Um, oh, yeah. but but the and to the the transfer portal as a whole, but. If you guys saw my Twitter at all over the weekend, I did. That, that was, oh, yeah. 
So there's a lot of misunderstanding on name image likeness and transfer portal as a whole. Um, what do you guys want to do like a five hour pod tonight? Yeah, let's, let's, go. Go. let's go. We're not uh, strange to that. You we, know how many beers we can have in five hours. <laughs> Six. Uh, <laughs> I don't um, know. No. So it's, it's definitely the assumption and it's an easy assumption to make that it was the, the name image likeness that he was getting a better deal. And I don't blame him at all. If he parlayed it into a better deal because, um, and, and this is a really hard one for, I've got nothing against older generations. A lot of like, I might be the oldest one in here. If I'm not, I'm the second oldest. So probably the second probably oldest. The second oldest. I'm Jared's older than like, you? Jared's. What, I'm 39? January 91. 39. I am the oldest one here. <laughs> and so I'm here to let you youngins know. Um, no. So, the, so there are times a disconnect between generations on where they're at, on how they, how they job, job hunt. And mm-hmm. there are times that younger people are more likely to, to job skip and go place to place because they can get a better, better offer. That's a really hard thing for older generations to understand because name, image, and likeness Although it's not technically a job, you're not signing yourself to a team. You're signing yourself more like an endorsement deal with these collectives or like you'll see with what DeColdis Crawford had with the HVAC company. Uh, no free shout-outs. That's what you guys do. No right? free yeah. shout-outs. No free shout-outs. Um, um, so you're signing more like an endorsement type of deal. If you can go get that offer, the same as if I were to get an offer at a different radio station, let's say they, they offered me X amount of dollars and I could go up to my boss and say, hey, they offered me X amount of dollars and my bosses said, we want to keep you. We'll at the very least match that because matching it then is I don't have to upend my life and go change something else and I'm going to get that same pay raise. Right. So, yeah. so for these players, they're doing that. You'll see players four teams enter the transfer portal, test that market and come back. I don't know if that's the case with Isaiah or Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, mm-hmm. but he was in the portal, came out of the portal, still part of Nebraska. I guarantee while he was in there, he saw what his NIL value was to other programs. Yeah. Which was, well, it was about as many catches as he had. So what, first touchdown of the year. Yeah. And then yeah. what? <laughs> and then first he, touchdown of the year. And then <laughs> I got a crisp 20 or $20 bill for you, buddy. Like, and come on down. Get the ball stripped away from him. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, it wasn't a fumble. It, listen, hold on to the fucking ball. Just hold on to the ball. Hold on to the ball. Uh, that goes for uh, Lamar number two for Baltimore, by the way, too. Hold on to the freaking ball. Anyway, sorry. He's guys. a Ravens sorry. fan. It's okay. Yeah. It's I'm all right. Sorry. I'm over it. It's over it. I'm over it. Shut up. It? What are you talking about? When he showed up, he cried for 30 minutes straight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Like, my beer is a little extra salty today. Yeah. It's hey, 28 and a half. I rounded up. Hey, 09's emotional, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we graduated right after the housing crisis. <laughs> and now right. there's another one. Life was so hard. <laughs> Damn it, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember him, right? Um, yeah, he's going to take all your appliances. Um, so, yeah, like you said, man, if, like, I'm, I'm a teacher at a school. If, if another school. Offered me, you know, oh, we'll, we'll give you a pay bump of uh, 10000 a year. I'd be like, maybe. I like my job, but uh, I might do that. So, it's just the way of the world. This is the business we've chosen. I mean, and, yeah. And, I and think, Nebraska's NIL is supposed to be good, too. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's worked in our favor. And uh, sometimes it's also not going to work in our favor. Yeah, Nebraska is so, not going to be on the wrong end of this 100% of the time. There, there were a lot of people, and I understand the, the character and integrity. And, like, absolutely, if you commit to something and then back out, you're, you're going to have to own whatever bashing comes your way because of that oh, decision. Yeah. But if that bashing comes because, oh, he, he went and he took more money, 
Tell these collectives to pony up more. Yeah. Like that's what they're doing there. I guarantee those guys they're making money while they're there too. That's what's happening with these collectives. Those work. So the collectives work very different than than overall the way when you think NIL being implemented. NIL initially being implemented was like social media posts was someone coming and uh, just doing doing an event, signing autographs. Maybe they want to start their own business. They want to start a podcast. Those are the types of things initially that when I was a student athlete a decade ago, you couldn't do. Right. Like you were straight up losing eligibility if you had your picture on a website because of a business you and your friends started. That's what the NCAA was doing a decade ago. Now that there's no guardrails, these collectives have found a way to go ahead and they can make money while helping the student athletes make money. And that's so it's so on the fringes of, well, is, is it dirty? How much money do they have? What exactly are the student athletes doing? But if you have it, and those are the rules of the game right now, you got to tell those, those collectives, well, if you really want this guy, they should have ponied up more. Yeah, right, like, yeah. like if you don't want that guy to decommit, say, what is Oklahoma going to bump their offer to? If Oklahoma bumps their offer, you come tell us first, and mm -hmm. we're going to match that because we want you. I don't, I don't know if, if they just had a number that they're like, okay, we're definitely not going above that for this dude. But then also, are you taking care of the current players, the dudes that are coming back? Are you taking care of New Ely? I know he was gone a year ago, but he would have made that entire offensive line better. Yeah. And he, yeah. he's, he's coming in right now. He's going to work the same as a one-year mercenary coming in from another school. Are you taking care of him? What does all that look like? Right. So a, a part that's interesting to me, you mentioned, uh, you know, comparing it to you at a radio station. Yeah. Saying, you know, if, if you get a better offer and you take it to your station, they offer you the same, you know, you don't have to upend your life. Right. With Rouse, Rouse wasn't really set here. No, like so he, he was it, already moving across the country yeah, regardless. So it, yeah. it was interesting to me, like, to have that commitment and then go with that offer to Oklahoma, mm -hmm. uh, assuming that's what happened. Right. Again, we don't know that for sure. But so the the commitment to me is odd that he would take the commitment and then, you know, what was it, three days later? And yeah. it's not just that he committed. Yeah. Like, he did, like, it was a interviews. Full video. Yeah. With and all like, these interviews with, like, Nebraska people. And it's like, well, why would he go through all this It wasn't shit? like he had to upend himself. Like, he could have just taken the offer to Oklahoma initially, but he went through this whole, like, It's a bargaining tool, though. Yeah. yeah. He used Nebraska's leverage to get where he wanted to go. Yeah, but, like, did you hear some of his quotes? Like, we were four and eight. We're going to prove everybody yeah, wrong. He, like, he, he was already kept, saying we and he stuff. He saying like, we. It's like, damn. And well, then not even three days later, it's like, okay. Well, Why'd you say all that shit before? The yeah. And then he goes, he goes, they were four and eight. So I'm going down to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. And they were uh, six <laughs> and seven, I think. Yeah. Well, like that. he, he committed. And it was a whole bunch of we. And then he saw the score of the Oklahoma game. He went, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait Hold on. I don't want to be on the other side of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that the university did their little graphic and was like, Signed with the any thing, because mm -hmm. the and you correct me if I'm wrong, but like the transfer portal guys don't sign a like letter of intent, do they? All right, cool. More of more of my Twitter yes, miscommunication. That, how all of that works. I so continue going into it. So, uh, so like a high school athlete, say when you had, we'll take Malachi Coleman for instance. He commits um, when when we've got Mickey Joseph at the time. So he commits, and that's just it. Like with the high school kids, it's a commitment. And then he decommits, and then he eventually recommits, and he signs on signing day. High school student athletes signing national letter of intent, which binds them. We saw it with a Florida athlete asking to be out, um, let go of his NLI, the national letter of intent, different than NIL. Sure. Uh, asked to be out of his NLI because the NIL money was not there that he was promised when he, when he committed and signed. Transfers work differently. Now, when you have that that national letter of intent, like you have to go to that school or they have to let you out of it. They don't have to let you out of it. Transfers can sign with a school the same way that a student can just go to another school. Um, think about how many schools that like 
you apply to and you you have to pay a $50 fee or whatever, depending on how big of a school. If it's a super small school, like I assume Mark went to, there's probably no fee to get in. Um, so you go through and you figure out how you're going to get to all of these different schools, all the schools that are talking to you. You're going to show up in that student database. Yes. Signing is what it is. So when they're like, yes, we signed him, the date you need to look for, it's going to be a little bit different by each school, but for the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, January 23rd, this next Monday, is when classes start, the semester starts. Is someone enrolled and actively attending classes at that university, they are there for that semester. I know that's going to be really hard because there are some transfer portal guys that are going to commit and they're going to sign, and like that's that. You're also going to get some guys that they commit, they sign, they're not necessarily beholden to that. It's not binding. Um, so you could have seen Rouse sign with Nebraska, sign with one of these collectives, and then go somewhere else because then all it is is he's not getting money from that collective because with that collective working as an endorsement deal, that's based on him attending UNL and becoming a Husker and playing for the football team. As soon as he goes somewhere else, it's like, okay, that contract is now void. Doesn't matter to him. Doesn't matter to the collective. They would have liked to have had him, but they don't have to pay him any money. Yeah. So, so with transfers, it is frustrating because you're not watching the same dates that you are with the high school athletes. You're not necessarily watching the same dates that you are with the JUCO guys because it all works a little bit different. And it's not necessarily the advent of the transfer portal, which is a database. And I know it's a catch-all when people say they're upset with the transfer portal. What they mean by upset with the transfer portal is upset by the rules a couple of years ago that let you have one free transfer. It is just one, even though the NCAA just waves all of them right now. You yeah. get a transfer. You get a yeah. transfer. Yeah, Everybody gets a transfer. Oprah's yeah, just yeah Oprah's in, fr- in charge of the NCAA right now. Yeah. Um, unless you give someone a bagel, they'll still crack down on that. Um, <laughs> or a, a morning or hamburger. Breakfast is burger. Is yeah, breakfast yeah. burger. That's what it was. Um, so, so they'll go through, and you can you're going to get that free transfer. But it, the transfer portal is effectively just a database that teams can go through and look in there. If I would have if I would have decided to transfer a decade ago, I would not have shown up in a database for other schools. I would have just had to ask for a letter from my coaches that they send to the NCAA that then I can show other schools that they can talk to me. So, so this the process works a lot better now for schools to go find people and for student athletes to find new places. Um, but the 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 catch all is just saying transfer portal, again, just a database. But it, it's really the transfers. So if you would have gone back to nineteen mid nineteen nineties, Scott would have when he left Stanford would have entered the transfer portal. Instead, he had to ask his coach for a waiver for other schools to talk to him. That's how Tom Osborne could talk to him. He ends up in Nebraska. That, that's the way it would have worked. So the transfer portal wouldn't have really changed anything other than other schools may have known that he was leaving Stanford and, go in, and he was available. That's really the only difference here in the 2020s compared to 30 years ago. But it's a catch-all. The transfer portal is really hard to follow, and I completely understand that. But it's going to be different for high school JUCO and just the regular four-to-four, four-year-to-four-year school guys for the transfers. Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar-dollar bill, y'all. Uh, we have a saying, no block, no rock. Speaking of dollar-dollar bill, y'all, well, like, we're going we're gonna to keep going a little bit with this NIL discussion. A lot of people hate NIL, and so anytime there's a dis- – discussion on it at all people tune out but i just want to say like i'm contradicting myself i'm just gonna admit that right away shocker um weird just constant just <laughs> all constant the time. contradiction that's me so when it comes to offensive linemen right in an ideal perfect world you would want a four-year recruit that you build up 
over those four years. And, you know, you don't have to go to the portal for offensive linemen. You kind of reserve the portal for the skill guys that couldn't, you know, like the Trey Palmers or whatever. But with the, the trenches, if you will, you build that up over the course of years, right? But with Walter Rouse, I just see the situation, and I look at the NIL, the 1890 Collective, and I feel like Rouse is a, not, not a unicorn, but he's a guy that has over 2,000 snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2,500, I think. Yeah, 2,500. A lot. And so, like, you don't get linemen like that typically in the portal. Like, usually if you're an O-lineman that gets a shit ton of snaps at a place, you're just going to stay there usually. Or right? go to the NFL. Or, yeah. Or leave to go to the NFL. He wouldn't transfer. have left if they didn't have a coaching change and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I see the situation and I go, hey, 1890. If you're not going to pony up for an O lineman who would be an excellent band aid for a rule year one to give your other guys time to develop, if you're not going to pony up for a guy like this with a shit ton of experience, is probably going to start right away. I'm just afraid that they're going to focus all of their investments on skill players. Or quarterbacks. Quarterbacks is fine, I guess, but like... Do you, you need see, eight of them? Well, apparently... Do, do you need look, 12 of them? Look at our fucking roster. I would roster. be fine with is seven. That a real uh-huh. be fine with seven. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they were in the running. They were going to get three. Ben Scott, Mazuka, he left. He went to Florida. They were going to get freaking... Do you need 18 Walter. defensive backs? Well, I'm just saying... So, uh, my concern is they see these skill guys that run four threes... Mm-hmm. that went to a Southern school but couldn't hack it, and they're going to pony up money for those guys and end up 4-8, and eight, where if you have a Walter Rouse sitting in front of you, this is where we go cheap. So, and now um, we're not going to invest. That's I what I'm afraid know. of. It's ROI. I it, don't know that I totally agree with this point because we, I, I believe we had a discussion about this where looking at the number of players per position that were entering the portal and skill players were disproportionately higher. So right. a, a lineman entering that portal understands that he has a higher value. So it's going to be harder to get them. They're going to get better offers, and they're, they're going to go to that highest right. And, and it's not necessarily about money, but you also look at, you know, the woes that Nebraska has had over the last, what was it, eight years, six, six seven years, you could, whatever. It's been a while. It, yeah. You could increase that. Despite a, putting a number of dudes in the NFL yes. on the offensive line. But so the underachiever at Nebraska. Linemen <laughs> in the portal inherently – seem to carry a higher value. They get better offers. They have these really good positions to go. But right. with, you know, guys like receivers, running backs, QBs, Dime there a dozen. are so There's a many lot of them. them. Dime a dozen. That, yeah, it's easier to get a higher number of them. So I think that might be kind of part of the issue that we're looking at here. Well, and that's, well that's kind of my point is like there's a dime a dozen guys out there. So don't, don't fork over millions and millions for a dime a dozen kind of guy when you have alignment sitting in Agreed. front of you that could actually make an impact. I just hope they didn't go cheap on Rouse. That's kind of what I'm saying here. If that's okay, so if if I'm Matt Rule and Co. and I'm like evaluating kind of like the history of Nebraska, specifically the last couple of years, I'm right. looking at like the O'Shawn Mathis situation mm-hmm. where I'm sure they dumped a shitload of money on him, right? Sure. And then he really like I, I'm a fan of O'Shawn, uh, but he really didn't like produce like what we thought he was going no. to until like the Iowa game. And so if I'm looking at that, I'm <laughs> looking at like game. how do we how do we spread the wealth, right? Like how do we just get better overall? And yeah. I'm as I'm as strong like gung ho about it as you are on the trenches. Um, yeah. But I think like I think Matt Rule kind of took a look at the last couple of years and especially last year and was like. 
you know, I don't know if we want to spend $750,000 on a guy that might not produce. I think part of that may have been identifying where the talent is. And nothing against O'Shawn Mathis. I think he was, he was plenty talented. Um, they're just – the defense did not have enough that offenses weren't able to key on on the guys that may have been able to stop him. So I think Mathis got got doubled a lot. Yeah, he, he got sure. and when you saw against certain teams, Garrett Nelson started to get doubled a lot because you didn't have to worry about the injured backup inside linebackers and the D linemen who weren't going to get any pressure. True. Um, so I think some of that may have been identifying talent. Plus, O'Shawn Mathis leaves TCU and they make the national championship game. <laughs> right. Brian Applewhite leaves TCU and they make <laughs> right. right. So, so the Nebraska curse. And, and, and who knows? May, maybe Mathis is there and they, they still make the national championship game. I don't know. Like, you can't go back and replay what all of that looks like. Right. Um, you can't replay a season where Tommy Frazier doesn't have blood clots and we never see Brooke Barringer. Like, you can't go back and like replay what things would have actually looked like, who may have won a Heisman here or there. But I do think that they are going to go you want those offensive linemen. Like, you want those dudes in the trenches because there are not as many out there. Right. But who are you going to be able to do a signing day with? Who are you going to be able to tell donors, hey, give us some money, and we're going to do a dinner, and you guys can go out, and it's going to be this great slot receiver who's going to, who's going to have 1,000 receiving yards this year. Who's going to be this guy who's going to be a face that you might make friends with, and he's going to make the NFL, and he's going to get a bunch of endorsement deals. Where do most of those deals go? The skill position guy. The Trey, oh, Pal yeah. the Trey Palmer is not the Walter it's Rouse. It's flashy. Yeah, like it's the, flashy. The guy that player. the guy that you right. can go put up on a billboard as opposed to second round draft pick from Nebraska, Cam Jurgens. Like yeah. Jurgens is going to make money because he's a like like here he would have made money because he was a local kid. He was a, a small town kid. Yep. Just up the road. He fit he, he the changed, Nebraska mold. Yeah, he was it's like, oh, this is Nebraska. You could even go back a, a few more years to to say like a, a walk on like Matt Jarzinka. You're like, oh, oh, could could have made some money on NIL here, even though he was he was like a, a, a D he was a D lineman. You're not gonna make that same money for those guys that you would, even if you're a walk on who's playing on the perimeter who's maybe a running back, who maybe does something on special teams that you're not used to seeing somebody do. So that's the part where I hope they didn't go cheap on Rouse because we can all see what that value is to this team. Mm. And it's still very different to like an O'Shawn Mathis a year ago because it's a different coaching staff. It's a different evaluation. There's different needs. It's a different position. But when you have a guy like that and you know that the problem has been offensive line. Right. Like even even when the offensive line is like played played good and serviceable, then other guys don't play as well. So you, your margin of error has been so small. You can go get a unicorn, a guy who is might be in the portal every couple of years, maybe, and you have a realistic chance at getting him over the all of the other Power Five teams that are actually having winning seasons. Exactly, and, and might offer him a chance to realistically play for a conference title his one year there. I hope they didn't go cheap on him because you can go get a bunch of those wideouts and those, and they weren't going after running backs, but you're adding quarterbacks in the portal too. Mm -hmm. They're adding DBs. Like you can go get those guys, but those are going to be, and the reason that they go and they spend more money on those, it's the ROI for the, for yeah, the collective. They're flashing. Because yes. those are the guys that they can sell. Donate, come have dinner with this guy. Yeah. What? I think we should start the MBNR collective. Yeah. Every Husker fan, just Venmo us $5. Yeah. And we can go get some of these players. Yeah. Like, 
No, no, no. Make it one player. All in on every yeah. offseason. Yeah, every offseason. Yeah. We every, pay every, for one. Every offseason. Fill up that Venmo. $5 a person. Mm, no you guys, you guys send it in. Hey, if you want to send 10, that's cool. If you've only got two, that's fine. One player. NBNR says, yeah. we're getting him. Yeah. This yeah. is done. Yep. And we, we can make that happen. I just want to know when the NIL collectives are going to make these kids sign, like, legit four-year contracts. Like, I mean, when are we going to get to a point where I they're going to be like, hey, I'm I'm in an agreement not only to play at the University of Nebraska, but I'm signing a four-year agreement with you that I am going to be your employee. I'm going to advertise for you. I'm going to be your marketing piece for multiple years, which would kind of go back into, I mean, it, it's not... I don't, it's not about school anymore. Yeah, so, I don't, that, like, what is it to that point? If a collective tells me I have to sign a four-year deal, I'm going somewhere else. Yes, I agree. Okay. I, I don't know that you'll like, see like, players do that. Yeah, because, because they understand. They like, have the you, leverage. Yes, A, they have the leverage, and B, I mean, this happened before the transfer portal, like what we want to call it now. We if can just see the money now. If there's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If there's a coaching turnover, like, A, I, I'm a big player guy. If there's a coaching turnover, you came to this university to play for that coach, that coach gets fired, leaves, whatever. It the the players should be able to leave. They shouldn't be beholden to this one university. You know, we we all talk about we want them to be committed to this program, but a lot of these guys are trying to create careers, and I I don't think it's fair for us to tell an eighteen year old kid that you know this is where you are, and this is where you have to make that image. So, I, yeah, I, I don't think you'll see those four year contracts really ever be a thing. It'd be cool to see it because. I would like to get back to, I, God, I sound like a boomer. Um, get back to the era of you know guys that were committed to the program that were down to grind, and we've seen a few of those guys come through Nebraska <laughs> recently. But down to grind, I, I don't know like, anymore. I, I think the majority of players are out for themselves, and that's, in my opinion, a good thing. Well, well and the, yeah. the the way you fix that, you get the players that are signing four year contracts, four yeah. or five year contracts, whatever it is. Eventually, down the road. They're going to have to be paid by the universities. Yes. It's not going yeah. to, which is different than what name image likeness is right now, because that's like a Nike or a Gatorade endorsement, whatever. Again, <laughs> just they're, to just they're to not do, university employees. Yeah, they're the not moment. university employees. The way to get them to sign contracts is to make them university employees. And that's the other part that fans want to, well, no, I want you to be committed to it, but like not that way yeah. type of thing. So mm -hmm. the way that you do it, is and this is going to have to go through all kinds of like legal workings over and over and over again in the NCAA as they're trying to get a new new head of their their group they're trying to get someone who's able to work with congress who's able to work with the politicians know the legal side of everything because they know there are legal battles upcoming for the NCAA as a whole but the way you get those contracts and you get the players that hey you come in as a freshman you're in 2023 you're going to be here through 2026 whatever that year is mm -hmm. you might be able to say okay we we're only going to have you on a two-year contract we're going to have you on a four and a player option whatever it's going to start to look like professional sports mm -hmm. that not that might not be till 2030 that might not be till 2040. You got to see how quick the courts work, how quick the law works um, in, in Congress, because Congress is going to move slow on it anyway. Mm. But you have people who already want those student athletes to be employees. Does that mean you separate the athletes, at least from like football and men's basketball from the university as a whole? That might be a good thing in the long run. Like it, it's really hard for people to wrap their mind around like, well, I went to Nebraska in the 70s. Like you just always knew you went on Saturday, you went to Nebraska and they were part of your school. 
they might end up looking more like a semi-pro team that's kind of loosely connected to your university. They yep. don't necessarily have to be student athletes anymore. They might just be athletes. But that's where it's going. And because mm-hmm. there's and, and, and like the the dollar is the devil. And that's like that's just where we are right now. There's so much money in there that the NCAA and schools didn't let athletes have it for so long that now you're to this point where it's like if they can get it they're going to go grab it, and now you just have to deal with the consequences. You know, I'll tell you, like, one thing that, like, freaks me out or, or worries me a little bit is anytime we start talking about, like, these kids being obligated to two-year contracts or being, like, an employee that's stuck there or four-year contracts, whatever the case might be. Like, I, I just take it back to, like, you know, your, your armed forces nowadays are all voluntary, I would not want someone on my team that was forced to be there like it was back in the day. Mm. I wouldn't want somebody on my team that didn't want to be there but was just there because they had to be. So that's like the only thing that freaks me out. We start talking about that kind of thing, and I'm like, man, like if you don't want to be here, I'd much rather you just be gone. Does someone start phoning it in after year two because they know they're going to get paid? They're like, right. They're like, Hey, I'm not getting any playing time. I can't go anywhere else. They're not going to release me from my contract because I might be good somewhere else. Yeah. So they're just going to hold on to me. I now have to sit here and they're not playing me a whole lot either. I'm not getting used the way that I want. Think of Wandale Robinson. Right. Like, like think, think of if Wandale Robinson was on like a four year contract under Scott. That was a good one. Excellent. I was like, wait a minute, he's taking a drink? He might not get to this one. That was a good one. All right, good timing. Usually, Kyle's roadcaster skills are fucking phenomenal. Pretty hot. I'm on it. Roadcaster, roadmaster, that's what I always say. That's right. But think about if, like, Wandale was beholden to having to stay here over the course of a contract. There was a... Uh, there was a series where he ran between the tackles four times in a row. Boom! Four plays Boom. between the tackles, hey, he's and that a running back. That right? dude he's, is no, a, he's a wide back. <laughs> that dude is hundred fifteen pounds, soaking wet with sand in his pockets. Okay. I don't like that you were looking at me a lot while you were saying that. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that mustache adds ten pounds easy for you. Yeah. Um, so like. That's a guy who, sh- when he got to Kentucky, you're like, man, look at him. Look at all the use he's getting. Look at how well he's playing. Look at him they go. They knew how to use him. Because they were utilizing him correctly. He gets taken in the draft, and it's like, oh, they're utilizing him correctly. Think about if he was on a, a four-year deal. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, that dude is just signed up for punishment. It could have ruined, ruined his career. So, it so, most likely yeah. would have. So, so what he should have done then, if he's not allowed to transfer, he would have gone and just been like, yo, I'm not playing. Like, I'm going to be here. You guys can release me if you want, but if you're going to keep paying me and I'm contractually obligated to be here, I'm going to just hang out. You can't make me run out that tunnel and go play on Saturdays. Right. That's what I'm worried about. Mm. That's actually, that's a very solid point. I hadn't thought about that way. You know, speaking of that, I guess I can be like a pretty good segue because we had Xavier Betts rejoin the team. He went Mm. to the Sunday team meeting with Coach Rule. And he was a guy that, when he left, you know, it was under Coach Mickey Joseph and Scott Fuck. So, like, the narrative around that was, he doesn't love football. Now he's rejoining the team. And he's got a new wide receivers coach. And the young boy. Are they the same 23, age? <laughs> <laughs> so, you got to think. <laughs> Did you guys see the tweet? I can't remember who it was. But they had, uh, it, it was a gif from uh, Toy Story. And it was Andy, and it had him 
swinging like airplane mode with with Buzz Lightyear and Woody, and it said the new Nebraska's wide receivers coach deciding which toy he wants to play with. <laughs> Listen, Nebraska Twitter as frustrating and TikTok too. It's at least entertaining. You guys, oh, yeah. you guys, it's are, at least are undefeated when it comes to creating some shit. But uh, I think it was my friend Parker. I think it was my book Parker. Who okay, did that. yeah, Parker, shout out one, one, one free, free shout out right there. Yeah, one free shout out. Yeah, um, I saw we'll Bender did on that. We'll, we'll, we'll request you later. Actually, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be the starter of our NIL. Get him shit. the invoice. Hundred and fifty yeah. bucks from NBNR. <laughs> That's a one-week sponsorship. <laughs> well, okay, so we could just kind of go around. Like, what are your thoughts on Xavier Betts coming back? You know, does he love football all of a sudden now? Does Is he going to be better under 23-year-old? Go, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I want to get mine in first case you guys copy me. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we, we, we can go that way because I know. Yeah, yeah but, that way you can oh, get yeah. me last. Yeah. That's a good idea. Since I'm yeah. special and You're I'm here. Special. You're here. <laughs> you drove 45 minutes. We didn't. Okay. I drove two. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, Xavier Betts, I think, is very uh, low-risk, high-reward type guy. I mean, honestly, mm. we, we know the potential's there. Don't know if he's still even in football shape, to be honest. I mean, I heard that he might have been working at Walmart. I don't really know if that's true or not. But, I mean, to me, why not? Why not take a gamble on it? Because rules talking about... You know, bringing those home guys, keeping them in, keeping them in the state and whatever, and then you see Xavier Betts potentially going on a visit to Pittsburgh, right? Why would he not want? And especially if he comes on here on like a walk-on deal, I mean, he'll probably get some NIL to back him up or whatever. But if he's a walk-on and you got a guy with that potential, that is nothing but upside for Nebraska or whatever. If it doesn't work out and he doesn't love football again and he's not on scholarship, see ya. I mean, whatever. It doesn't and that's, matter. That's still to be seen. We don't know if he's going to be a walk-on or on scholarship yet. Yeah, we don't know that yet either, but go ahead. I think, uh, I think my only thought on that is, like, I want to know what kind of, like, research was done prior to reaching out to Xavier Betts. Mm. Like, if I'm your t- teammate, you quit on us, right? You left, and then now you want to come back. Why do you want to come back? Is it because you realize that maybe you weren't going to get a very good job because you don't have a degree mm. and you didn't finish with football or college. Like, how does the team feel about Xavier Betts? Are they going to accept him back? Like, that, that's like that's like the only thing that I have. I know I was one person that was like, yeah, he probably, from what it sounds like, he just doesn't really love football. Do I know that? No. No. But, but people, like, close to him kind of went on record. Like DB, DB's was pretty public about it and you saying can name that names, yeah. he's got he's got other hobbies, other interests is what he said when he right. left. So yeah. yeah, I just I mean he I mean he did get in trouble while he was gone. He did. And sure. I yeah, I mean, like you said, Mike, I think it's it could be low risk, high reward, but ultimately the only way that you could say it's low risk is if you understand like how does the team feel about it. So I actually it sucks because Mike said it right before we started that we were just going to copy him. I'm actually going to piggyback on parts of both of your statements. <laughs> Kyle, you saying, um, <laughs> in fact, what you said is actually my biggest concern is how his teammates or former teammates are going to feel about it. But Mike, you said low risk, high reward. I would disagree with that. I don't think it's low risk, high reward. Okay. I think it's it over. Is, it is no <laughs> risk, high reward. Okay. We don't have to put him on the team. Well, I mean, I you just know, work him we, out. See, if, like, if, if he's going to be functional, yeah. I mean, if if 
if he does genuinely give a shit, then the, again, there's no risk. But I mean, if you're uh, br- if you're bringing him back, that's, that's that was the, the risk. Low, that was the risk. Yeah. yeah, the low risk to me is yeah. is the image and and the consequences of bringing him into the locker room after he quit on your team. But so did Omar and yeah and everybody else a uh, hundred times Dude, last year too, right? So look, look around the NCAA. Uh, I mean, across any sport, and I'm not going to reference any incidents. There have been numerous recently with you know bad looks for programs. Um, bringing back a guy that quit on your team and just bounced. To me, I mean, this is a non-issue. Like I said, to me, this is no it or no risk, high reward. Okay. And like, what I'll say is, first of all, I want to acknowledge that what I'm about to say is an extreme case, and it's a little dramatic. Okay. But you know, I see shades, very, very slight, light shades of Mo Washington, a little bit. Oh, that's crazy! Hold on. I'm just saying. Here's my point. Scott fucks first year. He brings in Mo. He moves mountains for him. It sounds like Mo kind of had, he was uh, catered to a little bit and could kind of do whatever the fuck he wanted. I'm not saying, right? I'm not saying that's Xavier's case at all. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this is rules first year, right? He's trying to establish a consistent culture, a consistent way about doing things. The hard C culture. I don't think we can say that. The hard C. (laughs) Um, but I'm not saying this is the same thing, but that would be the one concern is, is Betts bought in? Is he going to cause problems? Is he going to be a problem? Is he going to, is the locker room going to not respect him? Is he coming back because his wide receivers coach is 23 and he thinks he can kind of walk all over him because he couldn't do that with Mickey? Like, I don't know. That was a narrative. It was like the hard coaching. He just didn't like it. And I mean, so yeah, I'm hoping rule how to serious sit down and whatever that consists of, you know, that, that'd be my only concern, but yes, you're right. The few times that he did touch the ball, Electric. it was like, Oh, he might go for six there. Okay, cool. It was like, why isn't he <laughs> touching the ball more? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I hope he's in shape and I hope he's ready to go because the game's the same. You still got the same responsibilities. So that'd be my only concern guys. That's it. Just a little slight thing. So when I initially heard this, or heard that Xavier Betts might be coming back, I it, it immediately transported me back to my time as a Division One athlete. I, now I was track and field, so it's a little bit different. The locker room looks a little bit different. You're you're a lot more into your um, your specific events than you might be as a whole team or even a defensive unit. So you you're you're separated and insulated from the way some of the other groups are. But we had one particular athlete, fantastic hurdler. God, if he would have just committed himself to it, he would have he would have been borderline Olympics, if not Olympics. All of the talent in the world. But he he got in trouble. Like he got in some bad trouble. That's not my position group. Like that's not my event group. Mm. But coaches got the captains together and said, "Hey, here's the deal. One last chance." Like, if we were to give one last chance, what would you all say? And I talked first, and I was the youngest captain that we had of those, and I said, 100% bring him back. If we're going to give one more chance, I know I would want one more chance mm. myself. And that, that was with a, a coaching staff that was still intact. So, so it wasn't even a changing of coaching staff. And, and we had talked about how that's still – I don't see him on a day-to-day. But I do see him every now and then at practice. I see him at meets. He cheers for me, I cheer for him, he cheers for all the rest of us. If we're going to, at some point, say, I think this guy, one, 
is someone that we love as a brother and need to give one more chance to? And two, does it make us better selfishly? Absolutely. I want to give that guy one more chance. And he came back and, um, I, th- I can't remember. I think he maybe had some, had some injuries after my time there, but like it just didn't work out for him to, to go have that athletic success. That was the potential for him. Um, but I wanted him to have that one more chance. And that's the way I felt about it when when I heard about Xavier Betts. It's how do those guys feel? Because they've been with him every day. Do those guys look at him and say, man, I've gone in, gone into practices and I've bled with him. I've sweat with, sweat with him. Even if I knew that like he wasn't giving 100%, he was still there. And that is something. That is something. Even if you're not 100%, if you're still there, that that's still an image that guys have about their practice. So Some brotherhood. Yeah, So so you're still there and and I know he went away for some time. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I don't know what kind of research went in from this new coaching staff. But because it is a new coaching staff, there's a blank slate for these guys. Mm-hmm. So if you bring him in, you go, "All right, everyone's on the same playing field." Whether you are Isaiah Garcia Castaneda just came back from the portal. Mm-hmm. Okay? How much does that play with the rest of the guys who have been here? Xavier Betts, we haven't seen you in in 9, 10, 11, 12 months, whatever it is. All right, how is that going to play with the rest of the locker room? They've got those winter workouts going on. This is where you can go in and you can earn it with your brothers and say, I do want to be here. The coaching staff talked with me. They talked with you guys. We're going to go figure this out. Maybe as the spring goes on, it doesn't work out. Maybe he doesn't love football as much as he thought he once did. Maybe he got away from it and he realized, I did kind of love football a little bit more than I, than I thought I did when I didn't give it my 100%. And I want to get back to this. So that's the part where, especially with with young men um, that have have situations like this, that we know as a state, our tax-funded university, and I know the the taxes don't necessarily go to the athletics program, but we can help them make a better life just by being there. 100% want to give that guy a second chance. Is it a last chance? Is the lease short? Absolutely. But I want him there. Being a Division I athlete, I'm sure is very difficult. It sucks I, sometimes, it man. It sucks, right? But at the same time, you you do have a lot of help around you. Like you do like you have resources out the ass if you want it. Especially in the football program at, at the University of Nebraska. Yes, yes, especially. And I'm not saying they'll do your homework for you, but they might. They might. Do their I mean, it's not North Carolina. <laughs> but, like oh, no, there are actual classes, classes. <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of help. And so hope, you know, maybe the reward for coming back, like even if even if you don't get any playing time, right? You still have a chance to get your degree and you kind of alluded to this. Your chances of getting a job are better and like you're not known around the state right. as the guy who, wait, didn't you? Like you went to Bellevue West and you quit, like I don't know. I don't want to hire you. But, like, if you stick it out, like, you're a Husker. Like, people, people, right. people you're gonna, bleed you're, for Huskers, man. You're going to look at two resumes, both the same qualifications, and then you're going to go, I remember you watching you on Saturdays. It's a leg up. Well, or, or, or if he quit, you're, it'd you're be gonna like. You're going to sell insurance or houses or cars <laughs> or something because that's what everybody so, does after football. And yeah. this might be the benefit of having McGuire as the wide receiver there. Because he's younger, he can probably – go through and, and say, yeah, I understand what you've gone through because I'm of the same generation, Correct. close enough to it, that he, he can go in and identify with a lot of that. That might be hard for someone who's 35, who's 45, who's 55, whatever. That might be a benefit in that room, especially in this exact situation, to say, 
hey, younger people are going through a lot of anxiety right now, man. Mm-hmm. Like social yeah. media is huge. Expectations are out are crazy for everyone in that generation, especially if you have athletic talent. I'm here and I understand it. How can we figure out how to pull that in a direction that you can maximize your athletic talents because we want you here? Well, right. So you just addressed one of the points that I've talked about a lot with McGuire uh, is his age. And people find that to be a weakness. I mean, we're coming people, off yeah. an offensive coordinator. That How old was Whip Daddy? 85? 88? <laughs> At least. I mean, Whip yeah. Daddy was Ben Franklin's roommate in college. All right? yeah. <laughs> um, and he coached so, Big Ben. He guys, saw Ben Franklin do some things. Uh, again, so this, this kid, this, this man... This man. You said this kid. This, this, kid. Kid. this, this young I, yeah. man. This, this young man. This child. I mean, he was a uh, coach's assistant in the NFL at 22. He was an offensive assistant in the NFL at 23. Now he's a wide receiver coach in the NCAA at a D1 Power 5 program at 24. And his dad's the head coach of Texas Tech. Yeah. Do you think that this guy doesn't know what he's doing? Everything I've heard about him is, is that he's a savant. And I think that... Oh, what? Yeah. He, he brings more coaching oh. experience than Rude did as a linebacker coach. Well, that's... Yes. That, I and, love oh, that. Oh, but wait, yes. is, but McGuire's not a Nebraska guy. Anyway, go on, sorry. Yeah, but so, like, showing... <laughs> not only having... Because this guy wouldn't have gotten these jobs if they didn't see some talent in there, some potential. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like... He's not rule son or anything. It's not nepotism. Like you're not always getting those jobs because of you're the son of the Texas Tech head coach. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like he's earned this. <laughs> and again, like you just said, the age I think will allow him to relate to players in a way that a lot of coaches cannot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that as Rule built this staff, we all heard heard the the, the number that was going to go into. He's got this much of a pot Seven. for his assistants. Million. He's just going to be like, boom, here's big name assistant or offensive coordinator, big name quarterbacks coach. You're going to go just get dude after dude after dude. <laughs> Instead, he went, what's going to work? Let's get experience at the coordinators. Let's get guys that I know I like that know the system that I think are really smart football dudes that can come in. They might be 24. They might be a high school coach. Well, guess what? That 24-year-old is going to be able to identify more with those football players than rule or anyone over the age of 30. Exactly. Guess what? That's most of the staff is over the age of 30. So he's immediately going to be identify, be able to identify with them. That Texas high school coach coming in. Wager. He's been, he's been identifying with 15 to 18-year-olds for the last 70 years or whatever, yeah, however yeah. long he's long been doing enough. Texas high school football. I guarantee you he can take some of those 18 to 22 year olds and identify with them and help them get the most out of what their career is at Nebraska. So there's some genius in what rule has done with building this staff is it's guys that know the sport that are going to help identify with those younger players because he hasn't been coaching college for a couple of years either. Right. But it's all of these guys that can help him out in all of these different ways. And they know football rule likes them. And if rule likes them, Guess what? Right now where that leash is, I like him. Me too. And so I think this really like holds to the rule pattern where a rule has been a, in the NCAA at the very least, very developmental. Mm -hmm. It's not about what's going to the portal and bring in, you know, 30 new guys a year. It's I want to get my guys in and develop them. Mm -hmm. And the staff that he's putting together seems to be guys that are there to help develop players and keep them there for four years. You've got all the levels. 
Yes. You've got okay. guys that understand high school. You've got guys that understand college, and you've got guys that understand the pros. And you have a woman on the football. Yeah. Like, also from Texas. Yeah. Also from yeah. Texas. So I mean, he is he is running this university, this program, like a CEO, which is exactly what Trev wanted. A lot of people don't realize, like Tom Osborne, frequently made like high school hires. I th- I could be wrong. Milt Teneper. I believe coached high school before he came on to Nebraska staff in 74. I could be wrong about that. I know it's a different time, but Tom Osborne would frequently make hires from local high schools to come on his staff. It's not like a totally foreign, unbelievable thing. If it's good for the goat, yeah, <laughs> you know, just saying. But here's the thing. If, if you were in 2023 and you're like, I want to hire a head coach at my school. I know he's been an, an assistant coach for a while. But, man, he only played at Hastings. Like, that's not going to fly in 2023, no, right? Like, no. fans are going to be up in arms, and you're like, wait a minute, if you put that blind resume next to the other one, that's freaking Tom Osborne. Yeah. Okay. Right. So so when you start to add some of those things up, what was the way things worked in 1978 and 1984 and 1997 are going to work and sound and look different in 2023 because we have social media, because we can go for a lot of the people who've been following Husker football for a long time. They're like, my grandkids are older than that assistant coach. I don't know if I can get behind that. And it's like, well, guess what? When you were 30 years old, you would have been all about that guy because you would have seen what his, his experience is even in his short career, what his expertise is. And you just said, we got to get that guy because if that's a guy who can stick around for a little bit, we've got a dude on that coaching staff who might be able to inherit a program in 20 years. And And who's, who's grinding? Yeah. 68 year old Mark Whipple or 24 year old McIntyre. Like, McGuire. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, for a, for a while, Whipple was moving better than this guy here. So, uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, relax. <laughs> yes, Michael so, got wiped out on the Michigan sidelines. Airlifted up to part, the part, 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 particles. This was kind of fun. We had fun with this when that actually happened. Do you think that Mickey put a hit on Whip? Because <laughs> he couldn't fire him. So, Do you, do you think Mickey just, put a hit on Whip? So, so he went to the opposing team. To their yeah. kickoff return, man. Said, <laughs> yes. Just slipped him up. He said, listen to me, brother. <laughs> if you could get over to our sideline, you know what I'm saying? There might be a little NIL deal in it for you. If you could come for our offensive coordinator, no? I don't know why Mickey's I don't Russian. Know what, I don't know what his accent is. It went from like Italian <laughs> to Russian very quickly. Mobs to mafia, whatever. It's yeah, all whatever, the same thing, yeah. right? Vigo Mortensen and Eastern Promises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. But you were going to make a point. Go. Yeah. No, I was going to say to the people who talk about how, you know, like, oh, my grandson's older than this new coordinator. Well, maybe your grandson should have been better at coaching football. If you want to complain about <laughs> it, complain to your grandson. Tell him you could have made me proud and he did. Dude, all of us who ever complain about salary, maybe we should have been better at coaching football. Exactly. Right. Yeah, no no shit. shit. Wouldn't that be cool? Right? I joke about it all the time when I see salaries of these coaches. Like, dude, I, I will just one, been a fucking athletic I legend. I will 100% tank my fourth, fifth year at a program if I can get an extra $7.5 million and buy a $5 million home in Phoenix. Oh, 5.4. Nice? Don't short sell him. 5.4. Okay. That's kind of funny you say that because like i'm thinking of these hires that matt rules making and people complaining about lack of experience or whatever and i'm like well look the last thing matt rule wants to do is get fucking fired 
But then you guys are talking about moving to Phoenix with that buyout money that Shut you're going to get from but here. But, but so not, maybe maybe he doesn't mind. Matt Rule didn't go up two scores in Dublin and call an onside kick. Shit. No. Yeah. And here's here's Hold on. Big brain. Who did that? Scott. Anyway, <laughs> here's the difference. I talked around that. Here's the difference. <laughs> I know you Matt, man. <laughs> Matt Rule was already in that position just to collect a check. He didn't come here just to get fired. No, he was already cashing in. He was in. already cashing in. He didn't have to work. He could have been sitting on his couch like I'm going to do mm-hmm. for the next you two weeks. You know what? Um, Rule also went to Arizona. Hey. But why? To recruit. Speaking of Arizona. The I GOAT. Mean, he could have pulled a Cliff Kingsbury and just disappeared to Thailand. Was it Taiwan? Thailand. 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 Yeah. Is that where I, he's at? I want, yeah. I want more professional coaches to pull that move. It's been, honestly. I'm, I, took, I bought a one-way ticket. And I ain't taking any of your calls. See you in I five wanna be years, in a, I want to be in place. I want to be at that place in my life where I've got so much money that I can go, I'm not answering my calls. I'm out of the country. Turn off the Twitter. Except Turn for off the, the we, phone. We can call you, right? Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Oh, that's nice. Well, you've got well. a direct line. It's like the, the red phone in the Oval Office. We just pick it up. And it's just ringing. Yeah, I gave you guys the bat phone, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll have to explain to the youngs what a bat phone yeah. is. Okay. <laughs> They're laughing like they know what it They're is. They're like, ha, ha, he la- said a superhero. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's our guest, so I have to be nice and laugh. <laughs> hey. What, so an, old, what hey. an old creep. <laughs> oh, my God, Batman, you mean Ben Affleck? <laughs> Just because we're not approaching retirement doesn't mean, doesn't mean we don't know what the bat hey, phone hey, is. It's all right. You almost got hey. that joke out. They, Thank you. I have a stutter. <laughs> Thanks for making fun of my disability. Oh. And he's colorblind. Andy's I hope you're happy. Uh, maybe you should have parked in the handicap instead of this guy here. <laughs> I've tried. I just hey, what color? Out which one it is? What color is the handicap? <laughs> yeah, that's what I just said. You jackass. Like, that's blue. What's you, blue? You can't start laughing halfway. Through. I just said that. Because I can't. It's fucking funny. Because I'm not colorblind. That's why it's funny. Here it is. I am like Iowa fans after Black Friday. Go on. Is there any good comments, questions in the chat? Well, I had we had a CF1878 say that he saw Coach Wager. At the Behringer statue, and he made time out to talk with his family. So that was nice of Bob Wager to do that. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's very good stuff. Um, people want us to yell "Go Big Red" to get a big echo. I don't do want to do that, it, dude. It's so large in here; you're not gonna get an echo. That's what she said. Is it? Oh wow! 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 Hot dog down the hallway. Um, let's uh, NCAA go with. Go woke, go broke. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. Hey, yeah, you know no politics. <laughs> um, okay, with the Stanford kid detransferring, do we go for another tackle in the portal? I mean, uh, I know. haven't heard any names, but... Again, God, there, awesome. there's so few and far between, it's going to be tough. You're not going to find someone with that that same resume. No, you, you won't. Like, no. like, that's the part. Do you go get an offensive lineman? Sure, maybe, if, if somebody's out there and presents themselves. But you've also got five, six upperclassmen already on the roster, and you've got, like, five freshmen. So you've got guys that theoretically can can redshirt and be ready to go when some of these guys, maybe they leave in a year. Maybe you bring in some transfers at that time. But you've got some guys that you can develop, and that's the name of the game with Matt Rule. Yeah. Um, but you've also got some upperclassmen. Maybe you'll be a little thin if you're redshirting those guys, but spread some of those those four games that they can play in. Spread those out a little bit. Hope that you don't get injuries. Try to be a little bit lucky. Is it nicer if you can go get a guy in the transfer portal? You're not going to find someone with that same resume. Not no. not even close. If he can fix 54, Matt Roll already can get an extension. So, Riola for Prez. Yeah. But another guy that they need, another position of need is tight end. Because you had that Georgia tight end who committed to Georgia Tech. 
He was on a visit this weekend. Wasn't good enough, apparently. Dude, rule. Shit. Met with him right. and then was on a plane to go see the number one recruit in the country. Right. It's listen, pretty impressive. Man, listen, I mean, they need they need a tight end because the room that they got right now is... What are you talking about? You got number one tight end, Thomas Fedoni. He's going to be... No, we we are all huddles, all fullbacks, no tight ends. We don't need tight ends. No, no tight ends. Are you sure about that? Isn't Hickman still, like, like becoming a a tight end? He's he's transitioning right now. (laughs) 215-pound tight end. That's that's always going to work. Uh, (laughs) I thought you were going to say something. No. Okay. He's transitioning. Um, Those are the ones I want to mention from the talk. We're not on Facebook, right? So we no. don't have any on Facebook. Talk no. is the only thing we get. Um, okay, so what time are we at anyway? Uh, we're like probably like uh, buck buck 10 right now, buck 12. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they did get MJ Sherman from Georgia. Yeah. Edge player. Huge. Yeah. Um, after we, we, after Nebraska lost Garrett Nelson and O'Shawn Mathis and, uh, Ernest and uh, Caleb Tanner, it's like, it's nice to at least have some depth the only thing I fear, listen, I'm always the fear guy. You know, red red scare. We've gotten a lot of big name guys over the past couple of years, right? You got Kane Williams from Bama. You got Stefan Wynn from Bama. You got uh, Tyreek Johnson from Ohio State. Big time programs. But those guys didn't contribute all that much. So it's like people look at MJ Sherman and go, he's from Georgia. Five star. National champion. He's yeah. going to bring that. How much did those guys though contribute on special teams and yes. say I'm going to go out of my way if I'm if I'm going to get on the field maybe I'm not getting out there at the position that I want at the position that I was recruited but he was a special teams dude. Yep. He played in every single one of their games in both of their national championship years and he got a tackle this year. So against it, TCU. So you look at at that that a guy is saying I'm a former five-star recruit. And the way I can get on the field is special teams. That tells me he's going to come in and say, how can I get on the field? And maybe he gets on the field as an edge rusher. But at the very least, he's going to find a way to get on the field. And that's one of the things that sometimes we bring some of these guys in. Again, we, Nebraska, brings these guys in. And it's like, are we ever going to see them? Are the fans like, where is this guy? We We saw him get one carry. What the heck is going on? Why is he getting milk cartoned? What's the coaching staff not like? At the very least, we can see Sherman get on on special teams and try to impact the game that way in a place that, yes, took a step up last year, but you definitely want to take a step up again in, in, in another year and maybe be a, a top 20 special teams uh, special teams portion of the game. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he's going to get some more stats because he's just more physically gifted than other guys at that position. Oh yeah. He's going to play defense maybe. And if he's playing enough defense, he doesn't play a whole lot of special teams. That'd be the dream, right? Mm-hmm. Like to get a guy that you're for. The, to get a guy that's just burning it all on special on, on the regular defense three plays and out, and then doesn't have to go back there on punt return. Like yep. that's what you want, but he's yeah. been a guy who, no, he hasn't been out there a whole lot on the specific Bulldog defense, but he has gone out of his way to be out there on the special teams. He's found a way on the field. Yep. Not every yeah. five-star is going to do that. Right. right. Well, there's a lot of pride there. Exactly. And then, we, and no, I mean, we're not a big shout-out guy, but this we did have a guy tweet at us who is the host of the DogCast podcast mm. who knows a little bit about Mr. MJ Sherman. He said when Jared put out a tweet today <laughs> in, in reference to Rouse leaving – he said he will not use this announcement to leverage an NIL deal with another team. Right? Fingers crossed. Hey, right? I said he won't. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh. And Jamie Goodman, 
He said he's not that kid. He's looking for the right opportunity, not the right amount of cash. I'm confident in that. You guys got a great kid today. Didn't didn't so, he send out a tweet that was like he was regretful about leaving Georgia or something? Like he was sad about it. Like he didn't want to leave Georgia, but it's like I have to leave because I'm just not playing enough. Yeah, you know that's like, it was like kind of one. Yeah, of, that's different like the, from what you usually see. So. I think we, we talked about this a little bit. You know, it's kind of the inverse. When we talked about Xavier Betts and, you know, what would the team think about him, you know, when he quit on them and wants to come back and you see MJ Sherman coming here with literally the attitude of, I don't care how I get on the field, I just want to be on there. I think that's a fucking incredible thing to see and I think that's, like, something the team's going to respond to very heavily. You see I, someone like, come from winning two national titles and say, I want to go get on the field in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how that's, does the team that's respond to that? play itself in the locker room. Yeah, absolutely. That's a dog. And he knows what? No longer a dog, yeah, technically. No, technically no, no longer a dog. Hey, he's no, still he... got that dog in him, <laughs> but like, that's a Husker now. I mean, and he knows what winning looks like. So that's ideal because if you're a guy in that locker room and he's like, hey, I won two national championships and I'm telling you right now, or our outside linebackers do not look the way they're supposed to look. I can help you in this, you know, this particular spot. Well, that was my kind of argument with Stefan Wynn and company. It's like, yeah. yeah, they come from winning programs, but it's like, how much are they really going to? Yeah, you know I don't know. How much was Stefan Wynn on kickoff return? <laughs> I or hope not. Or kickoff cover. I hope not. I thought I saw, I thought I saw run, rumbling and stumbling down the field. <laughs> That's a big hands team guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> hands team, Stefan. <laughs> That's great. I thought you were going to make a point. I was just going to say, like, I'm, I think back to, like, Trey Palmer. Doesn't really play at LSU. Then comes to Nebraska, and he thrives. Yeah. So that's the all you can hope for in that situation. You see a former five-star guy come in, and hopefully he, I would imagine he beats out whoever's in front of him, and and he thrives here. I want him well, to thrive. Again, right again, guy, right it, opportunity. It, yes. It, we mentioned this earlier. In the inverse, Wondale Robinson in Nebraska just – you know, kind of stumbling, which wasn't utilized correctly, goes to Kentucky and has a fantastic season. Thrives. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about finding the right system for the right player, and I, I pray to God that we're the right system for MJ Sherman. And you you look at the room right now. It's Jamari Butler. He got good, decent playing time last year. Blaze Gunnarsson, yeah. Um, Chief Borders from Florida mm-hmm. and Kai Wallen. So plenty of opportunity. You got to see what's going to happen in spring ball. I think that's going to be a big one. Now – for for like the the media typically and we'll see what it's like under under rule there were typically two practices that we would actually get to see um in the spring and then two in the fall uh, in fall camp so we'll see if we're allowed to get in there no they tip they really don't show anything like we get 30 no, minutes drills yeah like we get 30 minutes and they're like doing jumping jacks guys like we're trying to find anything we can get from there gotta write your stories if they leave the garage door open and we can see a a guy like a fourth string quarterback throwing passes outside you better you better believe we have the binoculars out and we are hanging under a railing trying to see his arm looks good what is going on out there oh i think he he sailed that one into the wind Ah. um but like you're gonna go see you'll at least see how guys move like so hopefully once we get into the spring, we can see how some of those guys move. I don't know what Matt Rule's philosophy is going to be with the spring game. Um, is is he going to actually have guys go head-to-head and just Tackle. say, you got to go earn this for this first half, and then we'll get some other guys some playing time in the second half? Because like guess what? At, at, at the end of the day, you got to go see who's going to be the dude who wants to get it, who wants to be the dude who's going to play, because you're going to have, right now, you're 10 over the scholarship limit. 
You have to mm-hmm. trim that by August. Mm-hmm. Who are going to be those dudes that you have that conversation with after spring ball and say, I'm sorry, but like you're not going to play this next year. We'll honor your scholarship if you stay because we have to, but you're not going to play. I would encourage you to find somewhere else. I can make calls. If, if, if you want to go play D2, if you want to play Carney. smaller D1, like we yeah. can find Ryan Held, that's my yep. boy. Um, if you want to find a place to play, I will help you find a place to play. But in 2023, in the fall season at the University of Nebraska, that's not going to be it. Okay. I want to be the one that says this, and this might come as a shock. Oh, boy. I will judge pretty harshly Uh-oh. on the progress of Nebraska under Matt Rule if they come out in that first half and it's fucking thud. In the spring game? In the spring game. I think everyone will. Everyone will roll their eyes. I, yeah. The first half of the spring game? That's what they did last year. Last year. Thud tackling yeah, after the first half. You don't remember that? They no, didn't tackle. I'm aware. I, I can't. I, right. I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do the thud. Like, <laughs> such a waste of my fucking time. Can't do it. It's, 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 not even, it's not even about me. It, it is strictly because, like, I'm like, okay, so if you guys are just doing, like, thud and stuff like that, like, what? You, we always ask, why are we having such bad tackling in games? Why are we this and why are we that? Like, why do we suck? It's like because you're not even playing fucking football, guys. Why do we suck, guys? I cover this team for a living. Like, <laughs> like I go to the games. Yeah, I fucking left at halftime. <laughs> I planned. Here's the thing about it. It wasn't just I got there and I went, oh, this is bad. I knew it would be bad going in. My mom was getting an award from the like Nebraska High School Historical something or other. Like, Congratulations. Um, Congrats. Yeah. Like, fantastic. Shout out mom, Kim Henry. Shout yeah, out. That's a free shout, shout out. out. Shout out Kim Henry. Yeah, there we go. That That's one I'm actually going to use. Yeah. 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 Fuck you, Parker. Um, <laughs> but so, so you go out and, and like I, she was having a, a thing at uh, Nebraska Wesleyan. And I was like, well, I want to be there. I want to get across town. And I was like, well, if I leave at halftime, I think I can get there. Um, so I knew going in, I was like, I'm going to leave at halftime. I got to halftime. I was like, this is a joke. Yeah. Like, like why, why other than giving, giving families that wouldn't normally be able to get into Memorial stadium, which is the, bullshit ex- now. the experience of getting into Memorial stadium and just being like, look around. This is what it looks like way cheaper than you could in the fall. Like, absolutely. Go ahead and take advantage of that when it's like $10 a pop and you can get in the stadium, make a day of it, come to Lincoln yeah. uh, from outstate Nebraska. Absolutely. But like, why are people really paying for that if they're coming to watch the football? And I'm there to cover the football. I'm like, yo, I'm going to leave at halftime. Right? I would for rather this? watch. I would rather watch kids take the fucking dare pledge than watch fucking thud tackling. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I swear to it, stay off drugs. I got exposed to like what more drugs were because of the dare program <laughs> than actually Wait, ever I, happened on the streets in Loop Wait, City. Honestly, <laughs> you can you can you can fucking bet that as soon as Mike Mike's ankle heals and he starts flag football, that I will be there to watch that over that thud stuff. Like, then, I'll, I'll tell you what, Mike, think, Mike looks like a dude who flag guards like a motherfucker. Just yeah. like nope, not in my To your point. I think more kids have been exposed to drugs through the Nebraska football fandom. Than <laughs> <laughs> like, That's I don't not where we're this going shit anymore. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> just so many kid alcoholics just Get watching Get back in Nebraska. your big basement dates, all right? <laughs> I will say, the people that, you know, you just, you brought up the point, and I'm a season ticket holder, so I'm out of all the games that we lose. And, and so... You brought up the point. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for families to go out that don't, don't really get opportunities to go to games at the right price. Yeah. 
Dude, tickets, people were begging you to take them in the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So all those fans that whine about, oh, I can't, you know, I can't take my family to a game. And all, no, come to the games and you know you're going you're gonna to get your ass kicked because that's what I've done. So it's funny you say that because I got offered free tickets to the Minnesota game, which I did go to, um, but they were Champions Club tickets. And then they had to offer me free beer. And then I went. <laughs> it took them to give me free Champions Club and free beer. And I was like, all right, I'll go to a Husker game this year. And just like that, you got kicked off the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you wonder why they're uh, going to reduce the capacity. Yeah. yeah. More and more people just want to stay home but, and sit on their fat asses and watch the game. It's so much easier. But we have like, an actual like, competent coaching yeah. staff now. Maybe. Right. I haven't coached a game yet. Really. Well, and like just, you, you got to see the results for sure. But like even even with a win, even with a winning program right now, I get that. I I completely understand that at all levels of football, whether it's college or NFL, I can sit at home with my 60, 70 inch TV, have beer that's right there that's cheaper. Yep. I have a bathroom that I don't have to wait in line for. I have chips or, or nachos or whatever I'm gonna yeah. make. I can just go over and be like, I'm gonna pop these in the air fryer because that's the number one kitchen appliance. Bam. But I and I don't have to go wait in the concessions line. I don't have to pay for parking. I don't have to drive to the stadium. I completely get it why in 2023 it's so much easier to just hang out at home. The other side of that is stadiums have to work harder to get those get the people, get the fans to come there. What are those amenities going to be? Right. We saw it happen at Pinnacle Bank Arena for N Nebraska men's basketball. How do you fix the concessions lines? You got to open up more. You got to hire more people. They were better. I'm just saying. Were they? They were better. Trust but and trust. Mike, Mike has been complaining about the concessions lines. No, I haven't been complaining. I was complaining about the people complaining because oh, I have season tickets for Nebraska sir. basketball, and I've been going to the games, and the concessions have been like this for the last year and a half, two years. And because we had a sold-out crowd for Iowa, all these new people that are going to the game finally were like, oh, my gosh, there's no concessions open in the up, upper deck. All oh these my new gosh. people, do you hear this hipster over yeah. here? Yeah. I, was, I was going through all the hard times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, so like Memorial Stadium, it's can you make sure that there's good internet in there? Because people are still going to check their phones. I don't care how good the game is. You're in the habit. You're going to check your phone. You're going to post a TikTok. What's up, TikTok? You're going to go through. You're going to post videos. You're going to make sure that you can text people and, and take pictures and do all of those things that you do because we're human and we want to interact and social media is how we do that. Can stadiums go ahead and accommodate that? Can they make it so that I can get a beer and, and, and a hot dog to my seat and I don't have to take it at 90 miles an hour from a Wienerschlinger? All right? right. Like, that's to the fun. Face. So, like, all of those things are fun. Like, how do you make it fun? How do you make it so that it's the, the investment that I put in to take a family of four to drive to Lincoln, typically, like... Like someone coming in from Scotts Bluff or Valentine or wherever. Or Loop City. Or Loop, or Loop City. City, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> if you're coming in and you're driving hours to get to Lincoln and you're not going to stay, so you already know it's going to be a long day. The dad is probably pissed off already because he's like, God, they were just <laughs> jerks on the way here. They're going to be awful on the way home. How do you get everyone fed? You're going to have to go through. Are you going to pay for some of those, those seat backs? So that like your back isn't ruined because you're 32 years old and like you burned out in 20 years already. Like you have to go through and figure out all of these extra payments. You're not talking about me. You're talking about I, 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 a little bit about you. Um, so like you you're have to totally go wrong. through and add all of those things in. How does the University of Nebraska at Memorial Stadium and all of these other places? Go ahead and make the venue worth it for families to go. That's why you see it look like a spaceship 
in Atlanta, a spaceship in Las Vegas, because they are making it a destination that you have to go to that when you go there, you're not going to have to worry about the elements. You're going to go in and you're going to be like, this is comfortable. This is an experience. This is like going to the Mall of America and there's a football game while I'm here. Am I hearing you advocate for a dome? Not against it. So my my question, I I think it kind of, to, to really distill your point, at what point does history become irrelevant when it be, when it pertains to amenities? Because like Memorial Stadium has its history, mm-hmm. incredible history, but if if it came down to you know not you know totally redoing, but you know redoing a lot of Memorial Stadium to add those amenities, at what like what what's kind of the trade off there? I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Oh, so history. Just build a whole no, no, new no, fucking no, no, thing. No, no. Here's the thing: they're knocking it down. Build a new one. I have no qualms about them leaving Soldier Field. Okay. It's run down. Like right now, they have not taken care of it. I would love to go to games and like a lot more games at Soldier Field, but they didn't take care of it. Just like their sure. quarterbacks. So, so, so where is <laughs> What quarterbacks? Um, hey, Justin Fields is better than people. Yeah, they've run, won me a fantasy football down. title this year. Hey, What's up? He, he, he helped me get second place. Leave Jay Cutler alone. First loser. The yeah. cutlet. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, so, so you go through and you think about these places that have a lot of history. Memorial Stadium has so much history. It's gone through so many renovations. And losses. Like, like what are you, you going to do to make sure that this – they're celebrating the 100 years of Memorial Stadium this year. What are you going to do for what are, what do the next 20 years even look like, let alone 50 in the next 100? Because you've done a lot of these upgrades. You're going to go ahead and, and reduce capacity, but it, it, are you going to be able to get people to come in in 2030 and sit on steel benches? Is that is that a thing that they could do when they could sit at home comfortable on their couch? Who knows? Who, where's the program going to be? That's going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. But But you have to plan as a university – that the, that the program is not going to be in a place to win championships. You have to plan as if this program is going to go 500. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you plan for the program to go 500 and you still make it an amazing experience, then when the program is winning division titles, conference titles, national titles, then that experience is going to go through the roof for everybody. Yeah. Look at Northwestern. All right. Tearing that shit down and building a new one. Yeah. That's fucking a smaller one, too. 40,000 yeah. occupancy. Like, Yeah. So we can <laughs> fill it with red... People again. You know, yeah. That's all we do. Red people. Red people. Okay. We're at two hours. Woo! Jesus. Caleb. Good. I got to pee in here. Yeah. Caleb. Just piss yourself. You're an adult. No one can stop you. This is what we do with all of our Can guests. I borrow your diaper? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both pretty old. He's, He's got used. a bag. Don't worry. He's got extra. <laughs> we do this with all of our guests. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, what you're doing. Just, just go on a rant about yourself for a little bit, and then we'll we'll wrap this thing and up. Plug yourself. Where, plug can, yourself. where can they find where can you? Where can they find you? All that. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at i Caleb Henry. It's like iPod, but then I put my name. I don't know. It felt <laughs> it felt right at the time. What's an iPod? <laughs> oh, oh iPod phone. Jesus. <laughs> Oops. Um. So like you can find me on Twitter there, and then these guys here, No Block No Rock, retweeted me and, and and used a picture I think from Husker Max that you guys grabbed that from from the All Husker site. Found it on Google. Um, <laughs> good hey. to know. Good to know I'm on Google. You're um, nice. So I'm the nice uh, I'm the program director and sports director at KLIN Radio in Lincoln. Um, I'm on the morning show LNK today with Jack and friends from six to nine in the morning. Um, every now and then, right now, I, I was a co-host, and now I'm just going to be kind of a fill-in co-host on the Husker Hour. That's Saturday mornings from nine to ten on KLIN. I've also got a podcast called Hey Dad, where I talk to people, whether they're in sports, politics, life, wherever, business owners, and it's just about being a dad. 
So, so they might be in politics. We're not going into, we're not talking politics. Um, they, they might have been uh, Rob Zadiska. I wasn't talking a whole bunch about his time at the University of Nebraska. It was about his his relationship with his dad, his his relationship with his own kids. So it's a very fun experience for me, um, especially learning from people as, as I'm a dad of a two-year-old. What does that look like? I got a daughter in gymnastics. Beautiful friggin' chaos, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so there, there's a lot of things that, that I've got going on there. And then obviously just, just being a dad, I, I got married this last summer. My beautiful wife are, are two dogs and just – kind of going through life, living it like, like most Nebraskans. I came from a small town in central Nebraska, went to college out of town or out of a state because they obviously out of town because there's a high school in loop city, um, <laughs> out of state because they gave me more money than the university of Nebraska. But I love coming back. Even when I was down there, I would wear Husker gear. Where'd you go? Uh, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, small. Saluki. Oh no, That's Edwardsville. Carbondale, you I'm sorry. Son of a bitch. You said Edwardsville. I'm sorry. <laughs> the hate in his wait, eyes. What's, are, what's the mascot of Edwardsville? We are the younger, prettier sister. Thank you. And the, <laughs> the, the walkers are flying. The, I did uh, not hear you just say yeah. younger. Compared to the Salukis, yes. Uh, yes, SIUE Cougars um, right across the river from St. Louis. So that's how I became a St. Louis Cardinals fan because my roommate freshman year had, had the birds on every single day. And I was like, you know what? I, I grew up in central Nebraska. I don't have an MLB team. I'll be a Birds fan. And then two years later, they won the World Series. And I was like, all right, this is a pretty good place to be a fan. This so, is great. Um, the old boys stay together yet again. Oh, my God. I'm a Royals fan. It, it, Fuck it, you it, both. It's, it's, hey, an old, Royals. it's an old guy organization. So. Stan Musial for life. Baby. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you go through and... and and I've had a lot of fun growing up in central Nebraska. Like I've always felt like Nebraska is still my team. Even when I was a college athlete somewhere else competing in the Ohio Valley conference, I was just like, I'm still going to wear Husker gear. Like my coaches would have to come through and they're like, stop wearing that. I was like, yeah, but I'm from Nebraska and we don't have a football team. So can I still wear it? Yeah. So even, even when I was out of state for a few years, I was still a Nebraska guy. When I lived in Iowa and worked at a sports station, Ooh. I was still Ooh. repping Nebraska. I was going on like Nebraska is going to win it all. And then like, they definitely won like three games. Yeah. Um, um, so it, it's was been that this year. That was a last few, year. It was 2019. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I, I love what I do at KLIN. Um, sometimes I'm a little erratic on, on Twitter and I'll just start arguing with people about name image likeness that or, was pretty fun or gas stoves. That. And, um, but I, I try to not dive too much into politics. I like to have a lot of fun, like the conversations we had here tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. I concur. Well, I mean, I, that's a beautiful, beautiful wrap up right there. Can You're you a beautiful man. Jesus. <laughs> kiss. Stop Break that. Out. Kiss. Now kiss. Now kiss. All right. Let's just sign. Oh, look, no. at NBNR Podcast on Twitter, on TikTok. You go on Spotify. You go on Apple Podcasts. You just type in NBNR Podcast. We should show up. This should be like the first thing that you see. There's not another NBNR out there, is there? There not might be. If there is, they're posers. They're posers. Yeah. They should die. No boots, wow. no rubes. That's, <laughs> that's what we say in the nursing home. <laughs> there's probably a lot of boobs in there. <laughs> Leave the old guy alone. The other old guy. All right, guys. I mean, did I miss anything? There's, there's no. merch. Or whatever. No, we don't there's have no merch. No. We don't have fucking any merch. merch. God, we're fucking stupid. If you want to make merch. <laughs> we had merch. It's just it's a hard. whole thing. Fucking Etsy and shit. <laughs> All right. Anyway, fuck Etsy. Fuck Etsy. <laughs> Hashtag fuck Etsy. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. Connor Cavillac. I'm Caleb Henry. And as always, I swear to God. Go ahead. Be Do it.
beat Colorado. Yeah. Motherfucker, beat Minnesota. It's I the know. Best game. Beat hey. both of them. Hey, I'm not worried about Colorado. They can't pay anybody. <laughs> they, I'm still, not worried about that. They'll still find a way. Worry <laughs> about paying your electric bill first. Make them name a prime number. <laughs> uh, well, I, I get it. That's funny. <laughs> Five million. Br. We have a saying: no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. <laughs> Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad? Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, got it, Muhammad. G B R. A heard at Sports Network production.